Hello, hello, Jen Amos here, a Gold Star daughter, military families advocate, and your host of the Spouse Benefit Plan podcast, where we help career military families make the most important decision before transition to keep or opt out of the Survivor Benefit Plan. This show is intended to be educational and not to be taken as financial advice. To discuss your unique financial situation, reach out to our show sponsor, US Vet Wealth at usvetwealth.com or check out our growing list of resources at our website, thespousebenefitplan.com. Now, let's get into the show. Hey there. Did y'all miss me? Jen Amos here. And I know it's been some time. If you've been following the show, the last episode I had released was on May 27th, 2022. That was episode seven. And the title is episode seven, Is the Cost Worth the Benefit? Case study of an 05 retiring at 20 years with the Survivor Benefit Plan. And here's a description as a recap. Now that we've calculated Lieutenant Colonel Rick Howard's estimated retired pay, I walk us through the Survivor Benefit Plan subsidy program to calculate what could happen to him and his spouse should they keep the SBP. I also elaborated on new terms such as today's dollars, future dollars, and opportunity costs. With that last episode, I highly recommend that you check out the show notes because just like with every episode, I try to provide a ton, a ton of information, links, resources, so that you can do your own independent study. At the end of the day, I always like to remind people that I am not a financial expert. I am the community relations director at US Vet Wealth. I do host an award-winning podcast show. And as of today, Holding Down the Fort has received its fourth award nomination. And at the time of this recording, Holding Down the Fort is a finalist for the 13th annual Plutus Awards presented by Capital Group for best military personal finance content. This will be our fourth award nomination since we received our first award. I'm incredibly grateful for this. And one, I'm incredibly grateful to be recognized amongst the greats because the finalists in this category are incredible and admirable and wonderful in their own right. And secondly, this just gives me more conviction to host the show the Spouse Benefit Plan on behalf of my team at US Vet Wealth. So yeah, (laughs) I'm going to pace myself today, primarily because it's been some time since I've done this recording. And now if you want to jump ahead, again, I always like to make sure that I provide a ton of resources for you, the listener, to do some independent study. To get an idea of what I'm going to be talking about today, I recommend that you visit US Vet Wealth's YouTube channel, and watch the video, Military Retirement Survivor Benefit Plan, SBP Calculator Mistakes 2022. And this is about the SBP cost versus the probability. It's actually a short video. I'm going to be elaborating on this in today's conversation. But as I said, if you want to see a condensed version of this, kind of go straight to the point, I will provide that YouTube link in the show notes. And of course, you could always just visit US Vet Wealth's YouTube channel. We provide a ton of free education on there because at the end of the day, 
we want you to make a confident and informed decision in regards to your personal finance, your financial future, your post-military life. If it helps, I recommend watching that first so that when you listen to this episode, you can rewatch that video again to get more context. I mentioned this in the past, future videos will be coming soon. In fact, I also want to announce, see again, this is, I'm going to list the many reasons why I haven't been on here for a while. At the time of this recording, US Vet Wealth is creating an online hub for our clients, our fans, our supporters, our partners to come together and continue to support each other in providing free financial education resources for our military retirees, our career military families, our military spouses, our seasoned spouses. And I'm really happy to share that the spouse benefit plan is going to be part of this online hub, which at the time of this recording, because we're just an ever developing, ever evolving business and brand, because we always love to innovate. At the time of this recording, our online hub is called the US Vet Wealth Insiders Portal. It's free. Yep. There you go. There's the there's the word again. It's free and you can get a sneak peek on it and even join for free today by visiting our sponsor's website, usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. It's my plan in the future as I continue to publish this show to provide all of the resources I mentioned in the show in this portal. So if you want to see the early stages, if you kind of want to go into a building before it's fully developed, see how they're building it from the inside, you definitely want to join us on US Vet Wealth Insiders Portal. Once again, on our website, usvetwealth.com. Another excuse as to why it's been a while for me to do a recording here is because I am just, gosh, I don't even know the word. I'm going to go with excitement, but just know it's bigger than the word excitement. I am just exuberant. There you go. I'm just exuberant (laughs) about the fact that This year, the 2022 Veterans Institute Summit presented by Disney Institute is taking place on August 19th to 20th. So at the time of this recording, about a week from now, and it's going to be happening alongside the Warrior Games at ESPN Wide World of Sports. So a little bit about the Veterans Institute Summit. It is a complimentary event that will empower companies to build effective veteran hiring programs of their own. Attendees will gain tools and resources they can use to establish veteran and military spouse hiring and development programs for their own organizations. This two-day forum will be a unique opportunity for professionals to learn best practices and insights from the Walt Disney Company's Heroes Work Here initiative, which was created to hire, train, and support military veterans and has resulted in more than 11,000 veterans joining the Walt Disney Company since the launch of 2012. Lots of amazing things going on. The in-person event is invite only, which is why I didn't promote it ahead of time. However, if you want to um, join the live stream, you want to watch it online, you just have to visit DisneyInstitute.com to register. I will provide the direct link in the show notes for you. But the reason why I am sharing all this is because Going back to my award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort Podcast by U.S. Vet Wealth, someone in Disney happened to find my show and they want to offer not just resources for veterans and employment opportunities, but for military spouses so much that they were humble enough to admit that they were not the experts in this space. So they decided to reach out to experts who are all about military spouse employment, whether that is remote work, entrepreneurship, 
and other opportunities. And what they have decided to do, which is very unusual on their end, is typically they would have a Disney employee facilitate these panels. But for the military spouse employment panel specifically, they have handpicked me, the only non-Disney employee, to host this panel. So I am just excruciatingly humbled and honored and just overflowing with joy to take on this opportunity, take on this challenge to present a new panel here at the Veterans Institute Summit, which is all about military spouse employment and really educating these employers the value of hiring a military spouse. Once again, this is going to take place August 19th to 20th. So in the upcoming days, if you don't hear from me, which is quite common, (laughs) it's because I will be at Disney World at the Veterans Institute Summit, participating, moderating, and amplifying the stories of our military spouses. So it's an absolute honor. Again, you can register for the live stream on their website, DisneyInstitute.com. I will provide the direct link for you in the show notes. And you can go ahead and register. So I hope you all appreciate my excuses. I hope that's enough for you to be like, oh, okay, that's why you haven't been around. This show is not dead. This show continues to develop. And the more and more I continue to do work in other spaces that is taking me away from the show, the more conviction I have to doing the show. So there you go. I hope you can forgive me. And I always like to mention at the end of every show, if you want to work on your personal situation right away, you could always contact our show sponsor, US Vet Wealth. Again, that's USVETWEALTH.com. And we will be even more accessible now that we are building this online hub for our clients or really anyone that just wants to find alternative resources to financial education and career progression. We actually talk about that in a different way. And if you're looking to go beyond the nine to five, or you're looking to supplement your nine to five, or if you want to figure out how to take a break once you retire, we talk all about that at US Vet Wealth Insiders Portal, which again is free to sign up once you visit our website. All right. So let me go ahead and just warm up here and share some general reflections of what it's been like to put the show together. I always like to remind people that I am not a financial expert. I do work in the financial space. I do work with my husband, Scott, and I do work with colleagues who are experts and know a lot more about this than me. And so in addition to everything else I have shared with you as to why you would listen to me, really what I want you to know is that I care. I care about this. I care about this as a Gold Star family member. I care about you like I care about my mom, like I care about my dad, like I care about my siblings. This has truly been a labor of love. No one on my team had really asked me to do this. I just felt extremely important for me to do my part in really simplifying what the survivor benefit plan is about. Because if the spouse can understand the significance of choosing whether or not to keep or decline the survivor benefit plan, then that is really the stepping stone for the service member and the spouse to make more collective, to make more long term financial decisions together. And I'll tell you now, I know that at least for a spouse, and this is just based on the conversations I've had on Holding On The Fort by US Vet Wealth Podcasts, I understand that a lot of managing the finances deals with the day-to-day budgeting, deals with the spreadsheets. And so to think about anything beyond the day-to-day, I get that's a challenge. And I am even more grateful 
that you are listening to the show anyway, I see the downloads. I don't see you directly. I don't know exactly who's listening to the show, but I do see the downloads. And it tells me that you are really invested in your financial future. You have that desire to learn. And more importantly, you have that desire to not settle for less. I get the military life is all about putting other people first and, you know, serving for the greater good and being selfless. And I know I have mentioned this many times in the past episodes that it's different in the civilian world. It's a lot different. Unfortunately, people are more selfish. Let me tell you that. We'll start there. (laughs) But before I really get into the sociology of civilian life, my point is that it is important to get educated on this because if you spent all those years for this pension, if you spent 20 years to get this pension, then it's worth understanding why did you decide to put all those years into getting this one thing only to, let's say, jump into another job because you need to supplement that pension or because it's not enough to provide for your family or because you have been told to immediately jump into a new career in post-military life. You deserve more than that. And that's why I do this because I know too much. (laughs) I know too much. I've heard too much. I've had too many conversations with too many people to know that you deserve this. We deserve this. I also understand that this is a very delicate conversation. And this is why I care to be extra, extra mindful. And I think this is partly why I low-key put this off because I just want to make sure I do right by you. And one thing I'm realizing, though, is I'm trying to over-perfect these episodes (laughs) when I should really just go and do it and record it. And hopefully it makes enough sense for you to want to reach out to our team to learn more. The mindset shift of transition is vast. And I imagine that by now, some of you are learning so much through this show that you're beginning to question your whole service so much that that gets projected onto us. I can't tell you how many times we have been faced with client skepticism, you know, the skepticism of choosing something in the private market versus what the government's already giving you because the government has taken care of you up until this point. Why would we look into something in the private market? I get it especially if there's not enough education about it. Actually, I'm really happy I had a spouse recently just tell me. I was telling her about our group, our new online portal, the US Vet Wealth Insiders portal, and she had expressed to me, I find this very interesting because most of what is out there about post-military life is generic information. And for us, we are challenging that generic information by giving you tailored education for your unique situation because you are going to be an individual in post-military life now. But I will acknowledge that we have experienced skepticism. Not every spouse is on board. I see this over and over again when a service member, a you know transitioning service member is on a call with Scott. And by the end of it, we realize that the spouse was hiding <laughs> outside of the camera. Like they were there, but they were hiding in the background the whole time, listening in. And I see this And I guess I'm just curious, first and foremost, why that's the case, why a spouse tends to hide outside of the camera. Not everyone. I'm I'm really generalizing here. I don't want to want you to think I'm saying everyone does this. But in a lot of the conversations I have seen, a spouse is listening from the background. And when it comes decision day, when a service member is ready to pull the trigger and decide to choose an option, a different option other than what they are comfortable with or what they have always known or what they are being told. That skepticism, that worry, that fear, which is very valid, comes in. And I want to let you know that I see you. 
I see you. I see the spouse. I see your life changing again. And sometimes it's easier to hold on to things that have been with us for so long as opposed to really understanding it and realizing that maybe there's something better. It's hard to even fathom that sometimes. And I just want to let you know I see you and I honor you and your feelings are valid. And I hope that in listening to this, we can work together. Help us help you. We are not against you. We are not not on your side. (laughs) What I'm saying is we are not trying to scam you. We are not trying to trick you. We have been in this space for too long, my husband especially, too long to not help you understand. And again, it's because we care about you. So obviously, I don't really feel like I have. Obviously, at this point, it seems like I don't have to over convince you. You're probably like, Jen, just skip ahead. You're already 20 minutes into reassuring me that y'all are good. I trust you all. Well, thank you. I'm glad. And so if that's the case, great. I want to commend you for continuing to have an open mind and be curious and ultimately just become more informed about what is available for you. You know, really fully find out if the survivor benefit plan is right for you and your family because you're worth it. You made it this far into service. You deserve to protect your pension. For the retiree, you deserve to protect your spouse 100% long after you're gone. The last thing I want to say about this is that the survivor benefit plan is really the stepping stone to future financial decisions moving forward. I know I sort of said that earlier, but it's in my notes and I have to read it. (laughs) All right. I also want to make a quick update on something. I know that early on I had said, I don't even remember what I said back then. I think the slogan I was trying to say was protect the family, protect the paycheck. Well, now, again, because this is a developing project, And I love bringing people into projects prematurely because you get to see the progression of it. You get to be a part of it. You get to help make a difference in making this more digestible and understandable, one for yourself and two for other military families. The new slogan that I am entertaining, I'm going to say entertaining, is this, protect the family, privatize the pension. And yeah, protect the family, privatize the pension. The word privatize, I had hinted at it in the recent episodes. And I want to tease you again and let you know that we will be addressing this more in the upcoming episodes, especially after this one. This is sort of the last final major episode in unpacking the survivor benefit plan before we actually talk about solutions with you. I know I've been taking a long time to get to this place. And this is really, like I said, this is the last episode to get to it. I do this on purpose because you deserve it. You deserve to have this education. I also want to remind you that We are not villainizing the survivor benefit plan in any way. We are not villainizing government options, government solutions, government benefits, military benefits. Really what we're doing here, and just this goes back to what a spouse had recently told me, is we are just adding more resources for you to look at your situation from all angles, not just what the government provides, but what the private market provides. Of course, you know that my personal bias is that 55% of the pension is not good enough for you. That is my personal bias. But again, I am not here to tell you that you should not get the survivor benefit plan. I'm just telling you my personal opinion that is not supposed to be taken as financial advice. And I do know that part of why you're here is partly because you agree and you want to lean in into understanding, well, what if I wanted something else other than the survivor benefit plan? Most of all, If I hadn't driven it home already at this point, this final episode is going to cover what is the actual probability 
of receiving the survivor benefit plan. I hope by the end of this, you understand your financial worth. Remember, the DOD website has stated that the survivor benefit plan alone, actually, let me repeat that. It specifically says, still, comma, the survivor benefit plan alone is not a complete estate plan. Other insurance and investments are important in meeting needs outside of the scope of the survivor benefit plan. So even the DOD site says this. Do they elaborate? Well, that's for you to decide. But clearly you're here for a reason. (laughs) And that's it. I'm going to leave it there. I actually have more notes on what I could say to continue to drive the point home. But I'm going to actually get to the point now. (laughs) So this episode is all about tackling the morbid talk once and for all. And let me tell you a little bit about the morbid talk, kind of where I got this phrase from. Last year, I had attended the Mill Spouse Fest Hampton Roads event in Norfolk, Virginia. And I was hosting a booth with my husband, Scott, for holding down the fort. At the same time, we were testing messaging about the survivor benefit plan. And when people would come visit our booth, I remember bringing up to them like, oh, we're starting a sister show. I didn't say this exactly, but what I was trying to say is when I would talk to people who would walk by our booth, particularly spouses, because it was called Mill Spouse Fest, (laughs) I remember bringing up the spouse benefit plan, the name of this show, which is a reframe of the survivor benefit plan. And I remember bringing it up to them and kind of describing it. And one person in particular, I'll never forget their response. They said, oh, the morbid talk. <laughs> that was that was a response. That's how they described this. And so that's where that phrase comes from. It was from that event and someone making that comment, the morbid talk. And the thing is, if death is the outcome we are all afraid of, then let's tackle this once and for all. What is the probability that a spouse will receive the spouse benefit plan? And the second story is there was a recent episode that my co-host and I on Holding on the Fort did, episode 140, which is titled, When Military Spouses Come Together as a Group, They Become Powerful, The League of Wives with Heath Lee. And we were having this conversation on the show, and it kind of slipped out of my co-host's mouth. They said, there's a real fear in the military community that if you associate too much with Gold Star family members, it's somehow catching. And really what they were saying is that if it can happen to someone you know, there's a likely chance it could happen to you. And it's odd because it's not like a coffin anyway. But one thing that my co-host had said, which I thought was powerful, is that they said that I found that talking about this by talking about the survivor benefit plan, by having this morbid talk about death, it has actually brought far more good than not talking about it at all. So you made it this far. I encourage you to stay on board with me till the end. Once again, I seem to have this habit of prepping or preempting this conversation at least 30 minutes in length before I actually get into what I'm going to actually get into. But it helps me. And hopefully you are able to listen to this at two times speed. (laughs) So it's not too bad. But yes, I do want to reassure you and let you know that if you stick around to the end, you'll come to find that this is more than just morbid talk. There is a light at the end of the tunnel that I can promise you should you stick till the end. And more importantly, if you need to get it clarified, you could always reach out to our show sponsor, US Vet Wealth. I say this because I do come from the other side of death as a Gold Star family member, and I'm here to walk you through the conversation. 
I want to say that this will really be the last morbid, difficult talk we'll have, at least before we interview people in our community who decided to keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. I already have some names in mind, already have some people, so that will come up in the future. Again, if you can excuse me for all the excuses I made at the beginning of this recording, it will come. (laughs) All right. With that being said, are you ready? If so, inhale and exhale. Let's warm up to this conversation by talking about some new terms. Whether you have heard of these terms or not, it will be relevant to our conversation today. First and foremost, what is a return on investment, also known as ROI? Well, according to Forbes Advisor, return on investment or ROI is a metric used to understand the profitability of an investment. ROI compares how much you paid for an investment to how much you earned to evaluate its efficiency. Part of our conversation today will be about helping you assess your ROI on the survivor benefit plan. In addition to that, one thing we often talk about at our company at US Bet Wealth is the cost versus the benefit. Now, what does that mean? Essentially, what you're really asking is, how much skin do I have to put in the game? And what am I going to do at the end of the day? With understanding ROI and the cost versus benefit, the survivor benefit plan works in that there's only one financial outcome. If a service member meets their demise and meets their demise within the timelines or the stipulations of the rules or whatever contract or program you're in. If we're spending all our time just looking at the cost versus the benefit of the survivor benefit plan, well, honestly, these are actually pretty easy calculations. In fact, if you go to the past episodes, I have shown you how to calculate things such as your estimated retired pay. These calculators are available on the DOD site. I have referenced them in the show notes of our past episodes and hopefully did a good job trying to walk you through them in the previous episodes. However, if these calculations were all that we needed, then why are people still having a hard time making a decision about the survivor benefit plan? Well, if you are in the same boat, if you're like, okay, well, I know that the government is giving this to me should anything happen to my spouse as I am a military retiree, but what if I want to explore other options? What if 55% of the pension is not enough for my spouse? If you are in this boat, let's go ahead and look at the survivor benefit plan from a different perspective with a different calculator. If death is the only outcome for the survivor benefit plan, well then let's see the probability of this outcome once and for all. So what we have come to find in the traditional transition programs is that the curriculum often mentions that you can break even in paying for the survivor benefit plan premiums in three and a half years after the death of the retiree. And they often couch this as a good thing. But where does that three and a half years come from? Let's return to the survivor benefit plan subsidy calculator to find out. In the show notes, I will have once again provided the survivor benefit plan subsidy calculator. We're going to go ahead and pull this up now, and I'm going to do my best to articulate this to you and walk you through this verbally, at least until we have videos available. Hopefully your survivor benefit plan subsidy calculator will still have the data that you had inputted from our last episode. If not, I highly recommend that you go back to our last episode to learn how to plug in your numbers so that this will make more sense. Now for this example, I will continue to use Lieutenant Colonel Rick Howard's numbers. 
from our survivor benefit plan alternative white paper, which once again, you could always download for free on our website, usvetwealth.com. As you're looking through the SPP subsidy calculator, the one thing that we're going to be doing differently besides inputting all of the same numbers is that we will be removing the inflation numbers because we just want to look at everything in today's dollars. Why? Well, this is how the survivor benefit plan transition briefings calculate the three and a half years before the surviving spouse sees a return on investment on the survivor benefit plan. As I look at the SBP subsidy calculator, I am visiting the retiree assumptions tab and reducing the inflation rate from 2.5%, which has already been inputted in the spreadsheet to 0%. Once I update the inflation rate from 2.5% to 0%, I'm now going to go to the cost and benefits tab. We are now looking at the results in today's dollars without inflation. Because as we mentioned in the past, today's dollars doesn't include inflation, whereas future dollars includes inflation. Let's go ahead and skip to 30 years, which would be about the year 2053. Lieutenant Colonel Rick Howard who is an 05 with 20 years, would be committing to $112,766 going into the survivor benefit plan. So once again, in the year 2053, when Rick Howard is 73 years old and his spouse is 72 years old, he's looking at a cumulative cost of $112,766 by the time he is 73 years old. This number in today's dollars helps you see that basically 6.5% of the pension year after year is being paid into the survivor benefit plan. Of course, as I mentioned, these numbers aren't going to actually play out since we are looking at today's dollars, but it does allow us to understand where they got this number, three and a half years. Again, you've probably heard this in your brief that as long as your spouse lives three and a half years after you pass away, the military retiree, there would be enough payment to make your money back. What this is really saying is that as the spouse is getting paid the SBP benefit for the three and a half years after the military retiree passes away, that three and a half years worth of payments to the spouse is really paying back the $112,766 that the military retiree had paid into the survivor benefit plan premiums. So it's really after three and a half years when the spouse is truly, truly receiving the benefit of the SBP. Now, initially on the surface, you may think, oh, that's great. You know, three and a half years to pay this off so that my spouse could be taken care of for, you know, the rest of their life. On the surface, however, no one typically looks at this as, oh, I'm making my money back. It's really just perceived as a benefit from day one that the spouse starts to receive these payments without taking into consideration of the actual ROI. So what is the ROI? According to the transition programs, it's that your ROI, your return on investment will kick in three and a half years after you, the military retiree, passes away. For our conversation today, we actually want to challenge the 3.5 years it'll take for you to make your money back and actually look at the return on investment and costs versus benefit from a different perspective. With that said, we are now going to look at a different calculator, the Survivor Benefit Plan Probability Calculator. This calculator, also known as a program, computes the probability that the spouse of a military retiree will outlive the retiree and collect the SBP benefits and for how long. 
These probabilities are based on retiree and survivor death rates developed by the DOD Office of the Actuary. The initial retiree mortality rates are assumed to apply to males, and age setback is used for females. The rates are developed from studies of retirees and spouses who elected the survivor benefit plan with appropriate non-disability or disability, officer or enlisted, and gender adjustments. Also, military rates for spouses are initially assumed to apply to females with adjustments when the spouse is male. For these reasons, retirees and spouses, they may not be the same gender and age, don't necessarily have the same life expectancy. Remember, this is all based on the data from the DOD Office of the Actuary. And I'm also reading this straight from the calculator. So if you want to continue reading this yourself, I will provide the calculator in the show notes. I also recommend that you have this calculator in front of you as it's very important to our conversation today. So all that being said, the final result that you'll see on this calculator is truly an estimate. That is what it's saying. A more precise estimate would also take into account factors known to affect mortality, like a person's heredity and lifestyle. For example, if there's a family history of heart disease or cancer and a lifestyle that includes tobacco, alcohol, or drug use, no exercise or no seatbelt use have been associated with higher than average mortality rates. And the results on this calculator do not account for probabilities that the survivor benefit plan will terminate for other reasons such as divorce or remarriage. So all that being said is that this is truly an estimate. Just like with everything we have talked about so far, even the past episodes, talking about estimated retired pay, estimated monthly retired pay, et cetera, et cetera. Either way, it is important to get an estimate of what all of this is going to look like for you and your family. So that being said, now that we know a little bit about what the Survivor Benefit Plan Probability Calculator is about, let's go ahead and plug in the same numbers we put into the Survivor Benefit Plan Subsidy 2022 program in the Personal and Career tab into the SBP Probability 2022 program in the Personal Information tab. So when you have the personal information tab, here are a couple of things to note, and I'll share with you the numbers that I am inputting myself. So for Lieutenant Colonel Rick Howard, the first thing that we're going to put is his date of retirement. Now, remember, you can use his numbers that I'm sharing with you to follow along, or you can put in your numbers. So enter your date of retirement for Lieutenant Colonel Rick Howard. I'm putting January 1st, 2023. And then for his date of birth, I am putting in January 1st. 1980. For the spouse's date of birth, I am putting in January 1st, 1981, being one year younger than him. Entering his gender, I'm entering Rick Howard's gender as male and the spouse's gender as female. And for his type of retirement, I put in non-disabled, so regular. And in entering his personal category, I am putting down officer. All right. Once you input those numbers you will see some numbers get calculated under the section, if you elect SBP, the probability that your spouse will receive at least, et cetera, et cetera. So let's take a look at this. What you're looking at here, you know, from Rick Howard's perspective, if Rick Howard is to elect the SBP, meaning choosing it, the probability that his spouse will receive, let's say, for example, at least one month of the survivor benefit plan is 67%. If it's at least five years of the survivor benefit plan, the likelihood would be 48%. At least 10 years of the survivor benefit plan benefits, it is 30%. The probability that Rick Howard's spouse will receive at least 20 years of the survivor benefit plan is 9%. 
and the probability that his spouse will receive at least 30 years of the survivor benefit plan is 2%. Let's take a second to observe these percentages, and they may not mean much just yet, but as I start to delve in more, but I'm going to help explain this to you in a way that hopefully makes these numbers resonate with you and your spouse, and of course, your choice to keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan. I'm going to talk a little slower in this area, especially if you're seeing these numbers for the first time and you don't know what they necessarily mean. I'm going to be redundant for the sake of being redundant so that if you keep hearing me repeat certain things, especially as I start to include Rick Howard's numbers, then hopefully it'll start to resonate with you and your spouse and really seeing on paper what your numbers look like. So let's start with that first row. If Rick Howard were to elect the SBP, the probability that his spouse will receive at least one month of the survivor benefit plan for him, and this is me referring back to the numbers that we calculated from the survivor benefit plan subsidy calculator. So I highly recommend that you have both of these calculators open. So here's the thing. With the survivor benefit plan subsidy calculator, it shows us the annual benefit for Rick Howard. and. For Rick Howard, the starting annual benefit is $31,806. Right here, we're talking about the chance that his spouse will get at least one month of payment. So this stat, the 67%, is based off of if Rick Howard's spouse will get at least one month of payment. What that means is that we need to divide the annual benefit of $31,806 by 12 months which comes down to $2,650.50. So let me read this to you again. Now that we know what one month of payment will look like for the spouse, the probability that a spouse at some point would receive $2,650.50 at least one time and then die themselves is 67%. If the spouse at some point would receive $2,650.50 at one time, meaning will outlive the retiree for at least one month, is looking at the probability of 67%. Okay, what this probability is also saying is that the highest probability, meaning there's a high possibility, there's a high chance that both the retiree and the spouse will live for a very long time. Think about it. A retiree, let's say, lives until their 80s or 90s, and then passes away, and then shortly after the spouse passes away. The chance that this spouse will receive at least one month payment of the survivor benefit plan is only 60%. I mean, this is a good thing. Like I said, this means that both the retiree and the spouse are going to live for a long time. At the same time, this also means that the retiree could have paid into this thing for 30 years. And even after all that, there is only a 67% chance that his spouse will get even one month worth of the benefit back. Even one month after 30 years, think about this, after 30 years, if the retiree lives that long and the spouse lives one month after the retiree, there was only a 67% they will get $2,650.50 back after all those years. If you need to rewind this, go ahead. (laughs) But let me go ahead and continue reading on. 
so that you can better understand these percentages. Now, let me repeat this again, that you can pay into this. You can pay into the survivor benefit plan for the next 30 years, which is what will happen should Rick Howard live that long and reach 73 years of age. Interestingly enough, the stat of three and a half years of getting your money back, wherever that number comes from, it kind of boggles my mind, considering that there's only a 67% chance that the spouse will even get one month back. So you're telling me that if the spouse only lives for a month after the military retiree passes away, well, then that's not three and a half years to make your money back to you know, get a return on investment after paying into the survivor benefit plan premiums for 30 years. One month is not enough. That's barely enough to get a return on investment from that premium. So I'm going to go ahead and continue going down the percentages in hopes that this will continue to make more sense to you. Remember that you can pay into this for 30 years. Rick Howard could reach 73 years of age and the probability of getting your money back could be as follows. So going down the percentages, the chance that Rick's surviving spouse outlives him by five years, because that is the next in line here, if we're looking at the graphic, the chance that the surviving spouse will outlive Rick Howard by five years and get at least five years of the survivor benefit plan and then pass away, meaning that the surviving spouse survives Rick Howard by five years, the percentage of them receiving this benefit will be 48%. So what does that equate to? Well, if we're looking at five years, that's about 60 months. And as I mentioned before, the monthly retired pay, the monthly retired benefit for the spouse, which once again is 55% of the pension at this point, which equates to $2,650.50. If we were to multiply that, the $2,600 essentially by 60 months, you're looking at $159,030. So if we were to continue with this whole like, oh, you get a return on investment after three and a half years, remember that the survivor benefit plan premium after 30 years for Rick Howard is about $112,766. So if we subtract that from her actual benefit, from the spouse's actual benefit of $159,030, if you subtract it from that number, the spouse is only really receiving a return on investment after three and a half years of $46,264. At minimum, what that really means is at minimum, the surviving spouse will be about, I don't know, 75 and a half years old to finally receive the benefit until she passes at 77 years old. That is one and a half years of pure benefit. And the likelihood of this happening is 48%. So once again, I highly encourage you to rewind this and write these numbers down so you could really see it for yourself and get that bigger picture. All right. So Moving on to the next percentage, the chance that the spouse will outlive Rick Howard by 10 years. So now we're going to the third line of 10 years to get at least 10 years of the survivor benefit plan before they too pass away is 30%. So what does that mean in actual numbers? If we do the math, 10 years times the annual benefit after taxes for the spouse, remember the annual benefit for the spouse after the retiree passes away is about 
you're looking at a total of being paid out $318,060 for the next 10 years at a 30% probability rate, meaning that there's a 30% chance that the spouse will survive the retiree for another 10 years to receive a total of $318,060. But first, we need to get past the three and a half years of paying back into the survivor benefit premiums to make all that money back to get that return on investment, you know, before it's really pure profit for the spouse. So if we do that math, $318,060 for the next 10 years, minus the first three and a half years of getting the money back from the SPP premiums, which is $112,766, the pure benefit, the pure profit 30 years later, for the spouse to outlive the retiree for 10 years is looking to be $205,294. So what does this mean in years? At minimum, the spouse will be about 75 and a half years old to finally receive the benefit until she passes at 82 years old. So she will only experience six and a half years of pure benefit from the survivor benefit plan. These are looking like great numbers, aren't they? Well, it gets better. Moving on to the last row, we have the chance that the surviving spouse will outlive the retiree by 20 years, get at least 20 years of the survivor benefit plan, and then pass away is, drum roll, da -da -da -da, <laughs> 9%. So what does that look like in actual numbers? Well, over the next 20 years, the annual benefit Again, this is just looking at today's dollars. This would get even more complicated if we're just looking at future dollars. But 20 years times that annual benefit after taxes for the spouse would be about, you know, 20 years times $31,806. We're looking at about $636,120. And if you subtract three and a half years of the survivor benefit premium, which is $112,766, the spouse is looking to benefit $523,354 for the next 20 years. So at minimum, the surviving spouse will be about 75 and a half years old. You know, again, this is assuming that the retiree will, you know, live for at least 30 years and pay into this for 30 years. Should the retiree pass by then, the surviving spouse will be at least 75 and a half years old to finally receive the pure benefit. Again, this is like three and a half years once it's paid off, the spouse will be 75 and a half years old by then to receive the pure benefit until she passes at 92 years old. So that's 16 and a half years of pure benefit. And you're thinking, wow, that's 16 and a half years of pure benefit. That sounds great. Well, again, the likelihood of a spouse being able to live out 20 years to receive this benefit is 9%. The last row, the last, last row, I think I said the last row the last time, but this is the last, last row. <laughs> so the last row in the graph, the chance that the surviving spouse will outlive the retiree by 30 years and get at least 30 years of the survivor benefit plan before she passes away, you're looking at a small, small, small percentage of 2%. What does that mean? How does that play out? So let me just do the math as I did for the other ones. You know, 30 years, let's say that she does live out for 30 years. And that annual benefit in today's dollars is $31,806. You're looking at $954,190 throughout the course of 30 years, minus the survivor benefit plan premium of $112,766. So after the initial three and a half years, after the benefit recuperates the survivor benefit plan premiums, 
the spouse is looking to gain a net profit of $841,424 for the rest of her life up until 30 years. So at minimum, you know, as I mentioned in the last percentages, at the minimum, the surviving spouse will be about 75 and a half years old to finally receive the pure benefit of the survivor benefit plan until she dies at 102 years old, which is 26 and a half years of pure benefit. And that would be great, except that the probability of this actually happening is 2%. Oh, by the way, let me go ahead and add something really quick because I think there's this assumption that once the retiree passes away, the survivor benefit plan is supposed to kick in. And the truth is, it does not. You have to apply for the benefit first by reporting the retiree's death ASAP. And how do you do that? Well, I just realized I hit an hour mark here. So I'm going to go ahead and pause. And I promise I'm not going to take a whole other month (laughs) or two to get to this. I'm going to record this immediately after now to answer the next part. Well, should the retiree pass away, what do I need to do to confirm that I, the surviving spouse, actually receives this benefit? Because, and I'll clarify this again, no, the survivor benefit plan does not automatically kick in should the retiree predecease the spouse. More on the next episode. See you there. Thanks again for choosing the Spouse Benefit Plan podcast, where we help career military families make the most important decision before transition to keep or opt out of the Survivor Benefit Plan. Remember that this show is intended to be purely educational and not to be taken as financial advice. To discuss your unique financial situation, reach out to our show sponsor, US Vet Wealth at usvetwealth.com. If you enjoyed today's show, kindly leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can also leave me, Jen Amos, a kind recommendation on LinkedIn. Remember to check out our growing list of resources at thespousebenefitplan.com. Once again, I'm your host, Jen Amos, and I'll chat with you in the next episode. Bye for now.